Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country, and go after the one that is lost, until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Andy said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. He divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So, you know, we, we've waded through some uh, well-known teachings of Jesus and some controversial and lesser-known teachings of Jesus. 
here we are with three uh, very well-known ones, especially two like very, very, very well-known, especially if you like have ever listened to Christian radio. Uh, you know, we got the Lost Is this sheet. Christian radio? Ooh, dang, I'm having an identity crisis. <laughs> um, ODR, a Christian radio product. Yeah, I like it. Keep uh, going, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, gosh, now I'm going to be thinking about that all day. Okay, so we have a, we have the parable of the lost sheep, the the leaving of the ninety nine in search of the lost sheep. We have the lost coin, which is uh, sort of you know like a shorter uh, retelling of the same idea, mm. but a, a woman who's lost ten silver coins, and and it's kind of interesting because uh, you know in in this metaphor. God or the angels are are cast as this uh what would presumably be I would assume like a poor, a lower class woman mm. um who is like restlessly searching for you know a coin mm. and then we have the parable parable of the prodigal son of which much has been said um rightfully so it's you know one of the most powerful of Jesus teachings mm-hmm. uh you, you know like one thing that always kind of strikes me i think like a lot of people uh even there's sometimes like preachers that i've heard that i'm like i don't know if this person realizes that this is a parable and not like an actual event because yeah. people will go really far into the weeds like speculating like yeah, yeah, yeah. i bet that you know the like they get super into like well i bet this happened and then like while he was in the country like this happened it was likely this breed of pig yeah yeah yeah. and i'm like you realize this was a parable (laughs) so these are all parables um which makes them no less beneficial to us but uh you know it's it's a genre it's a genre of literature that's right so jerry sorry for my long-windedness what are what are your thoughts on these amazing passages that was a beautiful I think introduction, especially that last one. was a great said, Christian radio introduction. That was a wonderful Christian radio introduction. <laughs> the, the the music has finally cut out, you know, oh, and gosh. we're getting into our discussion. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I was reminded of recently by a professor at Southern Seminary came to our church, Brian Vickers. He, uh, mm. he pointed out that oftentimes, like the genre of literature that is like a parable um, will have like a, a just a central idea that mm-hmm. it is driving home. Yeah. Um, and not, not dissimilar to uh, like a fable, like yes, Aesop's fables. Exactly. But, so yeah. that kind of helps you like just maybe fight, a, like just having that in mind can help you fight against like getting too deep into some of the details mm-hmm. of the parable. Um, so I always find that helpful. But thinking about that a little bit, I was um, looking at the very beginning of chapter 15 and I'm so glad we read all these together. I mean, I don't know how often I do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so this is like edifying to to look at them as a whole because it seemed like they were connected based on this beginning oh, a million percent. of verse 15 where he says, now the tax collectors and sinners, or not verse 15, but verse one of chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, but the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Mm-hmm. And so that seems to be the backdrop of like all oh, of this really. lost and found language. Yeah is that Jesus was eating with these people that were unrighteous, that were considered sinful. Amen. And the the self-righteous were despising Jesus for doing that. Yeah. And I think that helps us understand what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're dead on. For a parable, there, there's a central idea um, that that is being built. And, and then 
when you have like two or three or four parables in a row, mm. I don't know if there's ever four, but mm. let's 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 call it two or three. Yeah, for now. When Jesus, you know, is answering like addressing people with like two or three parables, it's not only really important to look for the lessons of the story, but the threads between the stories, mm. because like that is what he's weaving in response. Mm -hmm. And so you're dead on. What is he responding to here? Well, it's verse two, the Pharisees and scribes grumbling, saying this man receives sinners and he's with them. Mm -hmm. And so he responds to them with three stories, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. Mm -hmm. um, and the, uh, you know, what what is the thread here? Well, I think Jesus is really, he, he he's spoken a lot to the kingdom of God, the nature of God's kingdom or his kingdom yeah, that he's yeah. come to bring. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's spoken just a lot of practical wisdom, you know, don't be angry, don't be greedy. Mm -hmm. um, but he's really talking about the heart of God here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, you know, and it, it's important, you know, even though there's like a lot of Christian radio songs about these parables, I think like maybe if you've been around the Bible a lot or, you know, have like read a book by John Calvin or something, there's this tendency to be like, oh, these are like the JV Christian texts, you know, like anybody can understand the parable of the lost sheep. It's like, no, they can't. Mm -hmm. These are actually understanding, you know, Jeremiah 9, it says that not the wise man boasts in his wisdom or the strong man in his strength or the rich man in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows that he understands and knows me, that I'm the God who practices steadfast love mm -hmm. and justice and righteousness. And so, you know, this is this is the highest boast we have is to understand the heart of God, which yeah. is steadfast love yeah. and mm -hmm. justice and righteousness. And that's mm -hmm. what Christ is laying out in mm -hmm. Luke mm -hmm. uh, 15. You know, we, we see here in the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son, this heart for steadfast love mm. and righteousness. So do you have any thoughts from, uh, you know, I, like we don't have time to fully sure. just tear these open, but if I had one kind of just angle on like the heart of God, which I think that's an amazing way of talking about the Bible, right? Mm. It's like, what does it reveal about God? Yeah. <laughs> um, and what he's doing. I think that one thread that's, in the tapestry of what these parables are helping us reveal about God is that God moves toward the needy. Yeah. Amen. And totally. the, you know, this whole, like this little phrase in the first parable, tell them that there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Hmm. And so there's this like lack of rec this self-recognized lack of need of, of repentance, of, of salvation. There's no need for God to come and to save you and to rescue you. Um, it was interesting you pointed out the woman in, in the second one. I mean, it's, you know, why was she like looking for this like coin? <laughs> um, I mean, like, so feverishly, I thought that's an interesting question. But again, it ends with, just so I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Again, so this, this tying theme of like a sinner who repents, who recognizes their desperation before God. And then one of the details I noticed when we read the prodigal son story was that it talked about how he had need, you know, like when he lost all of what he yeah. had gained. I mean, yeah. and it was true. He wasn't worthy to be considered a, a son anymore. Mm. Um, but he came and he said, Lord, I'm, you know, father, I'm not worthy to be part of your family anymore. And the father welcomed him graciously. Mm -hmm. He moved towards someone with need mm -hmm. again. 
And I think that that's like, that is how we are to approach God because we are the needy. Mm. You know, come ye sinners, poor and needy. I, I love that song. It's a great hymn. And it's a uh, text. It is true that like God created us. Like he is, he has no needs mm-hmm. and yet he moves towards us in love and welcomes us back. And, yeah. and there's a lot of Bible that talks about how he does that. You know, like there's the satisfaction of God's justice against our sin, his mercy towards us in those ways. But at the end of the day, he's saving needy people. Yeah. And opposing that looks like denying your need. And that's where that self-righteousness that mm-hmm. the scribes and the Pharisees were coming in. Yeah. And, and I think that seems to lead to exclusion of other people, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe another angle mm-hmm. that they were obviously doing. But the yeah. chief thing I think I see is God in his heart to move towards the needy. Amen. Yeah. And you know, that verse in the lost sheep parable is so like sarcastic sounding to me. There, mm-hmm. there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, when he, when he's referencing righteous persons who need no salvation or need no repentance, especially, you know, there's a passage, um, in different gospel accounts, mm-hmm. those who are sick have no need of, a, or those who are healthy have no need of a physician, but those right. who are sick, I didn't come yeah. to save the righteous, but the sinners. The irony is like the same people that Jesus is calling the righteous there. He also calls them vipers. Mm-hmm. He pronounces woes against them. Mm-hmm. And so they're not actually righteous. Yeah. You know, it's not like Jesus is actually saying, you know, the majority of the religious leaders don't need mm-hmm. repentance. They but actually do. Yeah, it's that they're so yeah. freaking blind to it that yeah. it's just a lost mm-hmm. cause. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, they've completely hardened their hearts. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I think that's a great word. You know, I, I love, I kind of have two closing thoughts from the prodigal son. Um, and, and they're both pretty brief. But the first is, you know, when the when the son comes to his senses mm-hmm. and, and he he's kind of hit rock bottom. This is like such a powerful thing to me mm. because it you just, I just see it so much in my life. I see it so much in the lives of people in the church and my friends, but he comes to his senses and he's so ashamed and realizes the weight of what he's done. that he's like, there's no way I could go back as a son, mm-hmm. but maybe I could go back as a slave. Yeah. And so he goes back to his father's house thinking that maybe he could just, earn his keep at least mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be great it doesn't have to be luxurious it doesn't have to be sunly mm-hmm. it, it, if he can just like sleep under a roof and have a hot meal you know that's fine mm-hmm. and i think that is so much of our approach to god is like look I, I i'll earn my keep like i'll i'll lead a small group i will give 15 percent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe 15.5 on a good year <laughs> you know i will like I will do this and this and like the father, when he sees the son, he just, you know, he, he will hear none of it. Like right. he's not, he, he's not here to, mm-hmm. he doesn't need another slave and That's it's right. sure as heck not from his son, mm-hmm. but he, he sees his own child and he brings him back in and mm-hmm. treats him like a child. Mm-hmm. And instead of giving him all these duties, even that the son is asking to be given to like justify himself in his mind, the the father gives him instead a feast and so that, what an amazing image mm-hmm. of how god welcomes his home in yeah. christ that mm-hmm. that god has not welcomed you home and given you like a chore list to earn your keep and to make up for the stupid thing you did the first mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. but that he actually just is so overjoyed to welcome you back into his arms and into his house that he's gonna he will throw you a party mm-hmm. and so 
That is awesome. Yeah. And then this is a really fascinating thing. So uh, great little book, uh, Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes by Randolph Richards and Brandon O'Brien. They talk about this and uh, this parable. And this really struck me. But the, they both like have, uh, or I think they both have done time as missionaries. And one's a seminary professor. And he had all of his students like read this story and then just write it, write a like summary of it. Mm. And in America, I think he, he did this with like about a hundred students. Only one of them mentioned the fact, how did the sun hit rock bottom? There was a famine in the land. Mm. We always just like assume that he just like got so bad off that mm-hmm. he like quit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there was a famine in the land. And then he did the same thing in this like cultural context where he's a missionary, uh, you know, in on the eastern side of the globe, where like there had been a really severe famine mm-hmm. within the lifetime of all these people. Yeah, every single one of them mentioned the famine mm-hmm. and how God used the famine to bring back the sun, or, or the you know yeah. God sent the famine right. to send the sun back to the mm-hmm. Father. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting thing of you know that we don't often see that in this story, but there's actually suffering and hardship that it's it's not just self-inflicted, but, mm. you know, there's in a way an economic crisis mm-hmm. that leads the son back to the father. Mm. And so, you know, and uh, we don't really have like grain shortages um, in the same way these days, but we sure do have market crashes and we yeah. have, uh, you know, banks closing banks left closing. and right, and we have all this sort of stuff. And so it's just a good reminder that um, if you have the cold sweats this morning from, you know, your uh, financial situation, from a global thing, just know that, you know, those are the things that God uses, mm-hmm. the the rhythms to, to send people back to himself, to send you back to himself. Mm-hmm. So that's right. It's an encouraging uh, thought. Um, you know, I wish we could keep going but time would fail us to fully unpack it so for jeremy brooks this is will carl we will see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.